Hey guys, and welcome to the Abundance Alchemist podcast. I'm Caitlin Dorsey, an Abundance Alchemist, animal lover, trauma survivor to thriver, mindset expert, self-love junkie, and author. This is the place to be to grab those powerful tools, ideas, and inspiration to make lasting changes in yourself and your life. No more waiting, my friends, because it's time to show up unapologetically, radiate that confidence, and create a life you absolutely love. Time to buckle up and dive on in. Hello, my high-vibing friends. I'm so excited that you're here hanging out with me on the Abundance Alchemist podcast today. Welcome to episode one. I really want to start out by you guys getting to know me a little bit, and then we're going to jump into the juicy details. So I am Caitlin Dorsey. I am your host. My story, like many, involves trauma along the way, both that I personally experienced as well as affected me by Um, those close to me engaging in different practices. So my story includes sexual assault, physical abuse, emotional abuse, uh, suicide attempts, grief, mental health addiction, and so much more. I do really understand the feelings of being broken and helpless and overwhelmed and burned out, anxious, depressed, all of those things. And that's really why I am led to do the work that I do. This is really the purpose of the Abundance Alchemist podcast is to show up and break down some of those stigmas, to give us a safe place, to get away from the mold of society. And this is honestly where the shift in my journey really happened is when I was feeling all of those feelings and emotions and knowing that this was not the only way. This was not the way that I had to experience my life and I'm not anymore. And that's what we're going to dive into. So With all of those things occurring, I was really determined to figure out why. I wanted to know what was happening to me, why I felt the way I did, why things were occurring in my life that were occurring. And my way of doing this and really processing and handling this, we're going to focus on more of the positive place of how I did some of my healing and where I am today. And so the first part I want to talk about is my horse river. My way of really processing and giving myself space to even be able to do any healing work was through my horse river. I honestly owe him my life. Those long days at the barn were lifesavers for me. Um, so showing up there and then the next piece was really volunteering. So volunteering was really where my professional growth began. Um, I really wanted to understand people, why they do things, why they feel, why they think the way they do. So I immersed myself literally anywhere I could with any different population I could, people from all different walks of life, um, because I knew I could learn from everybody. I volunteered in animal shelters, homeless shelters, domestic violence shelters with victims of sexual assault, retirement communities, community corrections, I even traveled uh, across seas and built bottle schools in Guatemala in voluntary psychiatric patients. And this eventually led to my work in involuntary psychiatric places, uh, addiction residential treatment facilities with community corrections, just residential addiction treatment facilities, detox, so on. I really fell in love with helping people. And that's kind of an understatement. And I really felt like I figured out my purpose at that point. I really hadn't been introduced to spirituality yet. To be honest, I'd grown up with religion kind of having a bad taste in my mouth for many different reasons. And I think the biggest one was that I remember in third grade and and it sounds crazy, but third grade um, that I was told I wasn't allowed to question things in different religions. And that did not sit well with me. I love to question things. I feel like we're here to question things. We are big thinkers. We're you know, that's how we create new things is to question what is already being put in front of us. So you know, I really felt like I was understanding my purpose as far as helping people, but again, hadn't been introduced to anything with spirituality yet. So I followed that path with, 
you know, volunteering in, in the professional space with getting my education in mental health and addiction counseling. And as I went through my degree, I truly felt like something was missing. This is kind of where the shift happened for me. I didn't feel like the traditional approaches in counseling were all encompassing. I felt like they really hung out on more the mental level. Um, they didn't really, even through my own experience in counseling, um, I didn't feel like I really still understood the emotions in my body. I wasn't physically connecting with my body. And I didn't feel like the healing was happening. I felt like I was constantly reliving my trauma. And I feel like through my own education that people were constantly reliving their trauma. And so there's kind of been this stigma about, you know, every time you go to a new therapist, you would have to say, okay, this is my story. Um, and I started identifying as my trauma story instead of allowing my trauma to be part of my story of who I am. You know, I became a survivor of sexual assault, or I became a survivor of physical abuse, or all these different things. And that wasn't how I wanted to show up, um, even though I wasn't necessarily trying to change those things, because I understood on the conscious level that I couldn't change those things. However, I wanted to process and release an emotion and move forward, um, but I still felt stuck. My initial idea was to study abroad, um, and so I did. I studied abroad in Scotland and really travel and immerse in different cultures to be able to figure out if other places were doing things differently than the United States. And what I did find out was that that they were doing things differently. You know, addiction was treated differently. Mental health was looked at differently. The stigmas were a little bit different. And to be honest, a little bit more lenient in, in understanding and having more um, rehabilitating services rather than punitive services like we have here or punitive structures um, like we do here. So I didn't really feel like the rehabilitation was working. I didn't feel like traditional mental health counseling approaches or addiction approaches were all encompassing. And I also felt like they weren't creating lasting change, which is the entire point, right? When we go to counseling or we go to get help, we want lasting change. We want to move forward in our lives and let go of the past and actually create a life that we love. So, you know, I really knew that at this point, things needed to change. People did not need to relive their trauma to process it. People didn't need to be their trauma story. People could love themselves and let go of being stuck, feeling unworthy, feeling stressed, constantly wearing that badge of honor of being stressed and busy, right? So I began studying Buddhism uh, because that felt like more of a safer option to me. And I was kind of introduced to it through meditation. And I loved the meditation piece. I really could feel the shift and, and the difference. And I think, you know, like I said, my journey with River, I feel like I was meditating in a sense of when I was at the barn, I was just at the barn. I was just with him. Animals are so incredibly powerful because they bring us into that present moment. So I started doing the meditation piece and it kind of just boomed from there. I was super interested in, you know, why meditation worked and how this connection with your body and, um, really in the mind changed things. And I started learning about chakra system and I started studying under spiritual teachers around the world. I started doing spiritual work on my own um, and really understanding the power of the universe. I learned how to listen to my intuition, the power of surrender, um, and so, so much more. So as I started integrating these practices into my own life, everything started shifting. I began understanding how to love myself and understanding what that was and how that felt like. Started understanding the self-sabotaging behaviors that I had and why I was doing those and also how to manifest my dreams into reality because I've always been a really goal-oriented person. I've always had tons of dreams, but 
I would achieve that goal and then just move on. Or I wouldn't feel the pleasure of actually achieving that goal. And so I was kind of just moving through this place of where I felt alone. I felt like I was just taking off um, the tasks um, that were in front of me to move towards my goals. I felt like I was doing the right things as far as what society was laying out and what I grew up knowing. I felt like I was moving forward. So I was being successful, but it truly wasn't living my dreams. So I understood how to have dreams and engage with those dreams. And I will tell you a very quick secret. It is not grinding harder. It is not pushing yourself even harder to do things. It's truly showing up and enjoying those things. So long story short, <laughs> my all my experience and story led me here. And I always like to tell people I would never, ever change anything that has happened to me because it made me the person that I am today. And that's a choice to feel that way. And it took me a lot of healing um, through counseling and spirituality to do that. But the Abundance Alchemist podcast is truly a place where science meets soul. It's really a place that we want to be able to create change that lasts um, and figure out what truly matters in creating a life that you love. This is not about creating a life that's more successful. That may be the case, but it's truly creating a life that you don't feel like you want to escape from. And the science meets soul piece is because I bring my background in traditional mental health counseling and addiction, and I bring on guests that have backgrounds like that as well to help us work with the conscious mind, work with the subconscious mind, but also integrate that healing deeper so that it's not just sitting there and doing talk therapy, which has some beautiful benefits, but also allowing it to shift out of our bodies uh, because we all do deserve to live that life we love um, and love ourselves. So I'm going to share the juicy secrets and shifts that I've learned in my journey, as well as bring on amazing guests that are going to help us do that throughout this beautiful journey of the Abundance Alchemist podcast together. So with this, I want to dive into what makes sense to me as the very first topic that we touch on is self-care. And before I dive into that, I want to say that this is not going to be in the traditional sense of what you may think of bubble baths and chocolate, which can be nice self-care. But this is going to be about really what self-care is and how we embody them or how we embody what that is um, and what those practices can look like. So we really need to identify the difference between self-care and self-indulgence first. I think that the idea of self-care has become more of a practice of self-indulgence for many, which is why, you know, we hear all about self-care, but it becomes more of, oh, I don't have time to do that. I'm so busy. I'm so stressed. And then people are like, oh yeah, well, that's kind of the part of you have to engage to self-care to not allow that stress, right? Self-indulgence is really doing things that feel good for you at the time, but are not going to help you necessarily in the future. So this could be eating chocolate. This could be taking a bath. Even Even though those things can help you feel better in the moment, they're not necessarily engaging in your healing practices or helping you be healthier in the long run. Also, indulgence, right? We know that word kind of, we hear it a lot with overindulgence. We have to be really careful with because this is when practices can become repetitive to our brain that if we do that, we feel better. And this is when releasing endorphins can become a little bit harder in the sense of if we practice the same things over and over again, they may not allow for the same endorphins to 
happen as well as they may not release the same amount of endorphins in the first place. And this is also when addiction can come into play as well, where it's more you know, I'm eating chocolate to make myself feel better because the endorphins happen. However, I'm overindulging in chocolate, which is causing me to gain weight, which in turn makes me not feel great. So self-care is really creating a life again that you don't want to escape from. This is digging into the baggage. This is setting boundaries. This is showing up for yourself. Before we really talk about the shift of what self-care is, I need you to take an oath with me right now that we are going to let go of the judgments and ideas of what self-care is originally. Because I know that this idea of self-care has been, we've been hit over the head with it so many times, right? So sometimes it's like, oh my gosh, I don't even want to talk about that anymore. But this is not going to be a traditional lecture style about what self-care is and why we need it. More what self-care does and how it works within the body. So You may be saying, exactly, Caitlin, this is great, but how do I do this and how is this going to be different? What's the point? So self-care and what the point is, is showing yourself that you're a priority. And this can look like many different things for many different people. I want to say that the mind is a beautiful thing, but the subconscious, if we don't know how to use it, can be very dangerous. And what I mean by that the subconscious can be dangerous is not that we need to fear it, but rather the fact that if you don't know how to use your subconscious or what's hanging out in your subconscious and you're not aware, then you can't shift what's happening. So our subconscious is where we hold all our patterns, our beliefs, anything that we have grown up and has become something that moves us forward in our life. Our subconscious is what dictates our behavior and how we move forward. The other piece of the subconscious that is not super helpful, but helpful in more the reptilian sense is that the subconscious brain wants to keep you small because it wants to keep you safe. And so by playing small, you're playing safe. So knowing that the subconscious mind will never get you farther than it's gone before. So when I say that you need to show yourself self-care by showing yourself your priority, that means going further than you have before. And I know that you've probably shown yourself your priority before in some way, but you've also enforced just like so many of us have that you're not a priority because how many of us have set aside a time to do something for ourselves and then something else comes up on our schedule and we say, oh, you know what? I'll just go shopping or get my tail or my, (laughs) I'll just get my nails done a different time, or I'll just, um, you know, process this a different time, or I'll meditate shorter today, right? We've all kind of shown up and said, we're guilty of this, every single one of us, which is okay. But you have to look at what that's reinforcing to the subconscious mind, which is that you're not a priority. And when we reinforce that pattern, we start doing that more often because our subconscious mind says, oh, but remember when you told me you weren't a priority because you you know, had to go do this instead of show up for yourself? So if you tell yourself that you don't have time, you're again saying, I'm not a priority. And that's one that comes up a lot, right? We hear that. I, I touched on the badge of honor of stress and being busy, and we are so guilty of that. We say, I'm so stressed or I'm so busy that I don't have time to do this. And so the first challenge I'm going to offer you is instead of saying, I don't have time, tell yourself it's not a priority to me and see what the difference feels like. Because the wording behind that is really, really important. The words we use are really important to the subconscious and conscious mind. And this is where the bottom line of self-care really happens because what you reinforce to your brain and your mind is what dictates how we act and how we move forward in our life and how we're able to show up. So 
pay attention to what you're telling yourself. Pay attention to when you say, I'm super stressed out or I'm super busy. And instead say, you know what? Doing that is not a priority to me at this time. And just feel what that feels like. And then move forward according to that or according to that feeling. So if you are like, hey, that doesn't feel good to me. And I do need to engage in this self-care practice right now because I am feeling stressed. Let's look at what that can be like. This, I will tell you my biggest secret about self-time or self-care is setting time aside for yourself. And that seems so simple, but what I mean by this is literally putting it in your calendar and making that a date with yourself. Because when you make it a non-negotiable, again, you reinforce, I am a priority. You also are engaging that self-care practice, which is going to help you in the long run. And you're truly allowing yourself to just be present. There are so many crazy statistics. Um, And I honestly haven't looked them up in a while, but about how much time we spend in the future and how much time we spend in the past just within our own thought patterns. So when we look at bringing ourselves to the presence through self-care, we're really enhancing our lives so much more. Because if you think about it, you can't create, you can't change anything in the past and you can't change anything in the future because it hasn't happened yet. All you can do is create in the present. So if we're engaging in self-care practices and we're increasing the amount of time that we're present, we're increasing the amount of time that we can actively show up and create in our lives. The next piece I'm going to say about this too, after you set aside time for yourself, you need to focus on celebrating daily wins. So this isn't only about there's a big misconception about self-care of, oh, if I just engage, you know, in this practice for an hour, if I have a morning routine and I'm good and I meditate and I do breathing exercises and I work out and all that stuff, great. My self-care is done for the day, but that's not true. One of the biggest pieces about self-care that's really, really important is celebrating your daily wins. Again, because this reinforces to the subconscious that you're doing things right, you're making yourself feel better. That's positive self-talk. Again, looking at it on more that traditional psychology level. But the other piece of this is when you celebrate your daily wins, you create that excitement and that emotion within yourself. We are so good at, you know, like when I was talking about my story, I said, I'm a really goal-oriented person, but I would just move past when I got the goal. When I had already accomplished the goal, I just moved forward. I didn't stop and celebrate and say, oh my gosh, how amazing. Like you graduated with your bachelor's degree or, you know, you're, I don't even know, you know, all these different goals. I didn't stop and say, oh my gosh, congratulations. My next step was, okay, when's, where am I going to go to school for my master's? Or, you know, when I got married, it was like, okay, that's awesome. I'm so excited. I'm married, but when am I going to get a house? And so it was always moving forward and looking forward to the next step, which is good in the sense that you should continue goals, but you really have to give yourself the space to celebrate that goal and to embody that emotion. Um, Because I will give you another juicy secret here. When you're manifesting, it has no, it has absolutely nothing to do with what you're trying to manifest physically, it has to do with the emotion that's behind what you're trying to manifest. So pay attention to that. Celebrate those daily wins. That is something that's going to be huge in your self-care and really shift how you're showing up in your life. Um, And then the next thing, you know, doing, again, anything that brings you to the present, um, doing breathing exercises, doing meditation, um, really doing things that allow you to come in and enjoy yourself. Um, I'm going to give you two more tricks because I they're just popping up in my mind and I think that they're really, really important. 
So the first one is imagery. Um, this is used in traditional psychology a lot, and I don't think it gets talked about enough because it's so incredibly powerful. We talk about in manifesting and in you know looking at our goals or thinking about that we imagine, right? But we don't talk about what actually happens to the physical body when you're using imagery. And I like to think of it more in like taking a mini vacation in my mind for when we're talking about self-care and imagery um, because it's really, really powerful. So when you think about doing something or you think about like sitting on the beach, let's let's use that as an example. Um, I love sitting on the beach. I burn like crazy. I'm like a lobster, but I still like the beach. <laughs> um, so think when you think about sitting on the beach and being calm and, you know, having a ice cold drink in your hand or whatever it is, when you think about sitting there, you're actually, your brain releases the same chemicals and you have the same chemical reaction in your body as if you were actually doing that action. So if you are closing your eyes and thinking about sitting on the beach, just being peaceful, listening to the waves, enjoying that cold beverage, just being there, you're like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. And you feel that contentment and joy and peace in your body. You are actually releasing the exact same chemicals in your brain and causing the same chemical reaction as if you were actually sitting on the beach. I mean, how incredibly powerful is that? We forget how much power we have to show ourselves this self-care and to choose our reality and to choose how we show up. So that's one. And then the last one I want to leave you with is super simple as well, but we just don't do these. We really make things a lot more difficult for ourselves than I think they need to be. And we're all guilty of that. So no judgment there. This is a no judgment place. Um, but the next play, the next thing is making a list that you can reference. So when you are, we all have these kind of ruminating thought patterns. And when I say ruminating, if you're not familiar with that term, just kind of these cycling thought patterns in our head. And they're really hard to get out of when you're stuck in them. So if you make a list to reference, like a tangible list of self-care activities that you enjoy, and I actually have a freebie on my website, so you can always grab it there. But if you make a tangible list of things that you can do um, these are really helpful because your brain, you can get yourself out of that ruminating thought pattern. If you're feeling that overwhelm, you can say, oh, I have this tangible list and your brain is able to say, oh, I can do that. And so you can break that ruminating thought pattern. This is really, really helpful when a lot of times we're looking at self-care and people are like, oh, you know, when things, when shit hit the fan, I needed self-care, right? It's got to happen so much further before that. So if you have this tangible list, you can stop the pattern before it gets to be too late or before you're too overwhelmed. You can say, hey, I'm starting to, the more self-care you do, the more you'll be tuned into your body. So you can say, hey, I'm starting to feel, you know, just kind of like stuck in a rut today. I'm going to look at that list and do something on that list. And that is able to break away. Um, same thing with breathing exercises. It's really helpful because if you occupy that conscious mind, you're allowing yourself to get out of that stuck pattern and you're moving through and into a place where you can process different things. So I know we've touched a lot on self-care and probably not what you expected, um, but I we all know that we on that conscious level need to engage in self-care, right? This is not a new topic to anyone, but we don't think about those messages that we reinforce to ourselves if we're not practicing self-care. Um, and 
the biggest point of this too is we cannot give others what we don't have. So if you are not engaging in self-care and you're not showing up for yourself and showing yourself a priority and loving yourself, you can't give others that. And I know that this is kind of a controversial topic because I've heard, I've worked with a lot of moms that have said, okay, that's not true because I can love my kids. You absolutely can, but you can't give to your full ability if you're not giving to yourself your full ability, you have to fill your own bucket before you can fill somebody else's. We just simply cannot give as humans if we do not fill it up ourselves. Um, and I want us to also think about, I touched on this briefly, but just to dive a little bit deeper in this, our thoughts tell our bodies how to feel. So think about this. If you have a thought, your body tells your brain or your brain tells your body, okay, this is a chemical reaction to have, which creates the emotion. And then we, we react based on the emotion a lot of time. And there's some different ideas of which comes first, the thought or the emotion, depending on like cognitive behavioral therapy or dialectic behavioral therapy, kind of different theories in um, the psychology world. But what's important is that they both happen. And then they, what happens is we react based on that. So the most common thoughts that we're doing this with or that I kind of touched on earlier, the badges of honor is I'm so busy, I'm so stressed. If we apply these thoughts and they tell our body how to feel, think about this. If I say I am so stressed, it tells my brain, okay, release um, that cortisol, that stress hormone, and release that into the body. So then I create stress within my body. And if I constantly have that ruminating thought pattern and I constantly wear that badge of honor, instead of engaging in my self-care, where again, I said it's not always going to feel good, but it's helpful in the long run. So that's diving in being, hey, why is this, you know, self-care could look like, why is this a constant thought that I'm showing up as? Instead of doing that, I'm constantly telling myself I'm so stressed, which is constantly keeping my body in a place of releasing cortisol, the stress hormone within my body, as well as other chemical reactions. And it's leaving me in this uncomfortable place. And we all know that stress is a silent killer. So look at how much damage is being done when you're not engaging in self-care. So this whole chat about self-care is not to beat ourselves up about it, but more to understand that when we don't engage in self-care, it's not as simple as, oh, I just didn't get to take that bath last night or, oh, you know, I'm feeling a little bit stressed out this week and I probably should have done something, but I didn't. It goes a lot deeper into actually how we're telling ourselves these messages of not showing up for ourselves, not showing us ourselves our priority, choosing maybe behaviors and emotions that we don't want to because we can't show up fully present. These self-care goes so much deeper than it's ever talked about. It affects us on all of our levels of being. We're not really showing up who we want to if we're not engaging in setting a time aside time for ourselves to engage in practices, celebrating our daily wins, being present, um, actually doing the work and processing because you have to process and release to grow. I always tell my clients in coaching that if you do not process and release things, there's no room in your body and in your space for anything new to come in. And just thinking about that on a conscious level, we can understand that, right? I'm all about understanding things on a conscious level so that we can really integrate them on a, a deeper subconscious, uh, energetic, emotional, right? 
really that full holistic mind, body, spirit approach. Um, but if we don't move out things, there's no room for new things. So pay attention to that when you're looking at your self-care do the deep work, move forward. I mean, even listening to my story, right? You're hearing that I had all this trauma. I was in those feelings. I was in that emotion and I didn't show up. I didn't do the work for a long time. I was uncomfortable. I was depressed. I was anxious. I was resentful. I wasn't letting people support me until I was like, oh my gosh, I have a choice and it's up to me. Nobody's going to come rescue you. You have to make that decision yourself. And by engaging in self-care and saying, hey, I am a priority and I do deserve to do this self-care. And this is what self-care looks like to me. You are taking that power back, my friend, and you get to show up for yourself and move forward and create a life that you love. So self-care is the number one most important thing and we are showing up to create ourselves. And like I said, it's not just on that physical level of getting your nails done or you know, taking a bubble bath or eating chocolate. Be really careful about what is self-indulgence and what is self-care. So that is really what I wanted to dive in. And I know it was a ton of information in a short time, but that's what you're going to get here on the Abundance Alchemist podcast. Cause I know that your time is very valuable and I am so thankful that you're hanging out with me today here. Um, so to wrap things up, I want you to take time for yourself. I want you to show yourself that you are a priority because this will help you step into your power. This is what you deserve because you are worthy. Thank you so much for joining me today and please subscribe, rate, and review. Um, I want to hear what you want to hear more of. I want to hear if you liked this podcast. Um, I really care about your feedback and I love each of you guys so, so dearly. That is it for today and I will see you guys next time. Bye guys. Thank you for hanging out with me on the Abundance Alchemist podcast. Don't forget to head over and grab your free self-love activation meditation at theabundancealchemist.com and hit subscribe here so you don't miss a thing. Until next time, sending you so much love.